0: If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. Well, yes, yeah, Grounded is the place to be where you want to find out anything about your garden, about environment, and about being a better person. And of course, when it comes to gardening issues, there's no better person to have a chat to than Carrie Goodwin from Life is a Garden. And I see that you're also all bundled up. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to seeing you so, with so much clothing on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's jolly freezing out there. And, you know, it seems to, we keep getting colder and colder, and then we have a few warm days, mm-hmm. and then that cold drops again. But I actually think it's wonderful for our environment that we are having these cold days you know it's getting rid of a lot of the pests Mm -hmm. that are just they've been around for years and years and years now and i think it also encourages our customers at a later stage that they're going to actually have to prune their plants because i think it's sometimes like cutting your hair you just think oh i don't really really want to do it and plants need a good pruning so Mm -hmm. don't think about it now but towards the end of july beginning of august You know, then start looking at your plants and then it would also be rose pruning time. Yes. But then you could start looking and thinking, how do I shape them? You know, July is one of the best months of the year to actually, we call it, look at the bones of your garden. Because everything is bare. Even if you've got frost cover on certain things, you're hiding what would be normally there, like if it was a foliage or something like that. And you can go and restructure. I know I did that this weekend. I was like pulling out what I didn't want anymore and putting in new things. And it was a really nice time for change. Mm. I think also because we've been spending so much time at home. And indoors. And indoors. That it, life is a garden is talking about, you know, creating your holiday at home. So if for indoors, you know, maybe you bring in an, an indoor plant or a tree that you would normally have outside, which to me when I first was reading about it in here am thinking, why am I going to bring a tree inside from the outside? Well, ficus. Yes, ficus. Yeah. Or they even spoke about like maybe a nice trillizia nicolai in a pot. Yes. So you're not going to leave it in there for a long time, but bring it inside and you could maybe create a tropical feel in your bathroom at home. It's like you're on a beach, you know, <laughs> put some <laughs> shells and driftwood and things yeah
0: it's it's a big thing at the moment especially mm. for <clears throat> shall we say we're always talking about the millennials and they have started mm. this whole new plant parenting thing where they're mostly living in flats or sharing places and they don't really have big gardens or they're not that into going out into the gardens except for when it comes to growing vegetables and things and i mean maybe it's from instagram that yes. all of a sudden like, it's like have as many plants as you can inside your house yes create an indoor conservatory
1: and well, the one that they were also talking about, which I thought was fascinating, is the senecio. So your string of beads or yeah. a string of bananas and almost creating a shower curtain with these hanging down from your shower. And I'm thinking, this is bizarre. But I saw it, as you say, on Instagram and I'm like, wow, it's bizarrely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, those plants will thrive in that nice humid environment. So... I think it is really quite an exciting thing to do is to bring plants in and test them and see how you grow. I mean, um, one of the things Life as a Garden did for kids, well, they're doing it now in July, which is lovely, is to grow a spinach seeds in a glass jar. Okay. Which I also thought, yeah. yeah well, so, actually, I'm looking at uh, the ceiling like what? <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting because they put them in... Um, Tissue, And then you kind of wrap them and so you get to see the roots grow out Yes, and then the um, stems grow. So it's almost like you would grow the bean seeds at school, yes. but one up on that now because you're doing spinach seeds, which are still a nice big seed for kids to be able to explore. But they took it one step further and they did an experiment with watering them. Yeah, And the poor plant that they watered three times in one week was just drowned. It didn't grow very well at all. And the one that they watered only twice a week or even once a week, they grew... Two and a half to five centimeters and I thought you know the big problem with indoor plants that we find is that you actually just kill them with too much water or yep. too much love and care or you forget to you know you keep watering them but they're in a pot cover instead of a pot that drains you never actually go and empty that water out exactly and it makes my heart sore because I'm thinking here yeah, people really think they're doing the best thing for their plants by giving it water but actually, they don't need that much water, especially not indoors now, unless you have a heater in your indoors or mm. heating up somewhere. The plants need very, very little water. You know, we had one customer, she had a beautiful Eureka bamboo, and then she it just got brown on its leaves. And then I said to her, you know, you're overwatering it. She says, no, I'm not. I promise you, I'm only watering it once a week. And it's a big 30 centimeter pot. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, in wintertime, you can probably water it once a month and yeah. it'll be
0: fine. Well, what I tend so. to do is I take, um, I mean, because it is quite dry and dusty inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, once a week or once every two weeks during the winter period, take all of the plants, pop them in the bath, take the shower, shower them down, give them oh, a good oh, drenching, brilliant. let them dry and then put them back to where they came from to begin with. So, I mean, it's a nice way of getting all the dust off of their leaves as well.
1: Yes, I think that's an excellent idea. Mm. And you could do it as an. I want to say water-saving. Yes. So, you know, if you're sharing your bath with your plants, it's also not a bad <laughs> idea. I normally pump my grey water out into the garden. But, I mean, just don't have any other things like bubble bath or, you know, because at the, the moment… The
0: antibi- antibacterial soaps and stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like I know I often put um, Dettol in my bath at the moment. Just, I think you're so sanitized out, then i still go and do that extra sanitizing. But, yeah, don't have any of that if you're going to share your bath water with your plants. Yeah. But it is a nice idea. I, I like that. I'm going to remember it.
0: But going back to what you're saying about, I mean, being cold outside, and thank goodness we are actually having um, a cold spell, mm. because the last few years haven't we haven't really had that cold winter. Um, but one thing I've noticed, a lot of people have been posting on social media is they're having a big issue with lily worms at this time of the year. What? Yeah. And no I'm like, ways. I'm like, why? And they're saying, oh no, we don't want to spray for them. And that, I mean, that's one of the things that. You so. so really do want to spray for, okay?
1: <laughs> but there is like there is a move, and there is a very good biological caterpillar mm. control. Mm. But I think you have to remember with anything biological, you actually have to change your whole way of thinking, and then that's going to be the way you garden for a long time mm. going forward. And if you start using that, then you ideally don't go and spray something else instead, because then you're killing the biological that could do, you know, the, exactly. do the ben- be the beneficial. Um, insecticide. So it's quite a challenge because I know we're really trying to move that way, but to try and convert it all together. So I keep reading about integrated pest management. Yes. And that's where we're trying to find the balance between going the biologicals and going the organic route. But actually, every now and again, sometimes the infestations are just so bad that you have to start off with, a chemical, get rid of the stuff completely and, and then, then start, start again. doing the biological way. I came yeah. into your
0: shop once and one of your customers had brought in their, their well, I don't know what this worm is and I'm like <laughs> how could you take it to the shop it's going to go everywhere. It was riddled in Lily Bora. I've oh, never dear. seen yeah. so many and I'm just like oh my god Yeah. so I mean those ones that's when you've got to be up close and personal with your garden you've got to yeah. get into the garden, go and have a look check down in between the leaves of your clivias of your agapanthus, any oh. of those kind of plants. Yeah. I mean it's not just for the
1: what do you call that? that they love so much? The, the um, crinums. They yeah. like normally like crinums as well. And those other ones with the big… Arum lilies.
0: Yeah, all of those plants. Anything <laughs> like that.
1: Anything juicy and delicious.
0: Yeah, so just go and look down in between the leaves and make sure there's mm-hmm. nothing down in there.
1: Yeah, no, it is scary. But I think other pests are actually going to start hibernating now and disappearing, and that's what we really need. Then it will give us a good start in spring mm. to start off with a pest-free zone where we can just really nourish our plants, nourish our soil and the food and have healthy plants for spring. So I always get confused when it comes to pruning because I know when to do roses. Okay, mm-hmm. and of course, if you have
0: <laughs> yeah, end of end of well, first, second week of August is usually about the time I would do roses.
1: Yeah, so Ludwig's normally we. I going to say we go, so go yeah. any time from after the Nelson Mandela days. so yeah. after the 18th of July, we start pruning from yeah. there. Yeah, and I usually just go. I, I take my safety shoes and walk around the neighborhood, pruning everybody's roses, <laughs> but don't do it too badly to the
0: the ubiquitous. Um, Uh, the white roses icebergs. Icebergs. Don't 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 print them too hard. Yeah. Um but you're saying about, you know, checking out the bones of the garden. It is a Mm. good time to take your camera, take pictures of the garden Mm -hmm. and do them in black and white. (sighs) Because then you can actually see the proper structure of the garden. You Mm. take the colour away, it gives you the the where your shape is. Then you take that, take a piece of tracing paper put it over the picture, even if you've done it on your phone, and then draw that up. And then you can actually see where the shapes would work better. And you can prune accordingly. But I'd never know when to prune my flowering quince.
1: Most of your plants, you wait until they finish flowering. Mm -hmm. And then I normally give them about two, two, three weeks after that. And then I would start pruning. Because it's still a hardy, deciduous plant. So Mm -hmm. it's going to have no leaves on it. So you can see its bones. So you don't want to leave it too late.
0: But then should we be cutting the new wood or the old wood? Because some of them flower on old wood and fruit on old wood. I'm I'm, I'm throwing things at you now, I? I was going to say,
1: now I'm really happy. My brain has to start ticking. And it's difficult to start ticking when you have the mask on (laughs) (laughs) and it's washed in alcohol from all the sanitizers. But you're going to cut your old wood Mm -hmm. to stimulate new growth. Okay. So for me, I would very seldom cut any new growth that's on the plant because that would be where your flowers could come from. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you looking at the bones, So even if we took your flowering quince as an example, you want to try and thin it out from the inside Mm. so that, and most of the things that you prune so that you can get more light into the plant to make it stronger. And then, yeah, it should work that way. I'm thinking I'm correct. I I, I, I think you
0: are. You probably are. Yeah, no, no, that (laughs) that is the
1: right way to do it. So you're really trying to thin out your plants to make sure, and it's actually just a light thing so mm-hmm. that the more light can be exposed. And also when you're pruning, you almost want to shape it so that your plants still grow outwards instead of inwards. Yes. So that's where you almost, and it makes it a little bit more finicky. But like you were saying, you want to get up close and personal with your plants. Look for the buds that go, grow outwards. You know, there's no point in prune, pruning, even if it's something like your olive tree and pruning a branch that's growing inwards instead of outwards. Prune the inwards one out to mm-hmm. cut it off. So you get a much better, rounder shape. No, because we get a lot of people who come in like lavender. Yeah. If you prune in your lavender, then they'll come in and say, oh, it's got all woody down at the bottom. Yeah, well,
0: lavenders you should replace after five years anyway.
1: Yes. But I mean, if you haven't replaced it, I mean, I saw a beautiful hedge. Actually, it was rosemary, not lavender, but a beautiful, beautiful tall hedge mm-hmm. of rosemary. But the person got that way by cutting some of the inside stems out. So the plant bushed out and got fatter and fuller, you know. And I think that's what you have to look at when you're pruning is the more exposure you can give the plant from the inside and have really good, nice structural mm. branches growing out that are thick and sturdy and look like they've got new buds on them. So basically Does like it? you would do with roses as well. Anything yeah. that
0: crosses across the middle, you want to open it up, get airflow through.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you know the other one that, I mean, we pruned it actually during lockdown, but just because they were looking so terrible, was the salvia. So your indigenous salvias. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, I cut them back a whole lot. And I thought, oh, goodness, this might not be my smartest move ever. But we cut them back like you do with your roses. Mm-hmm. So instead of three, okay, we left five stems on, pruned everything out from the inside. And the new growth that's coming from bare stems is incredible. I was just so chuffed. I'm like, yay, that really worked for me. But
0: this is the thing is people are scared about pruning. And, and it is, uh, there is an art to it. Yeah. Um, also, we believe. Except when mm-hmm. you see Ludwig in action with his <laughs> chainsaws, just taking it off at the the neck. Um, but maybe we should just do a whole bunch of like videos with you and put them up somewhere. And so you know, this is how to prune something.
1: Yeah, I was going to say because you can easily. You have to be harsh to really get good growth. Mm. But then so, there are certain plants that you can make mistakes. So I did a similar thing with another indigenous plant, this alego, which I also thought oh, it's growing long and leggy and. Actually it became one of my least favorite plants <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful for us during the you know the first five weeks of lockdown because mm. we got to get up close and personal with every single plant in the nursery when we were busy watering them and so I learned so much more about the plants and it was fascinating and I really love Siego. I think they're beautiful, they've got tiny little flowers and they're quite fluffy, and I like the indigenous they're nice fillers in a mm-hmm. garden, but in a bag, they're looking a bit leggy and horrible. So I went and pruned them, and I pruned them a little bit too harshly. <laughs> and they said to me, no, this is not right. We and are not freaked. coming back to life for you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so go, you do live and learn. <laughs> do,
0: do get some ideas online and, or, hmm. or go into a, a garden center and ask people how to yeah. do it if you don't know how to do it. And when it comes to your indoor plants as well, get rid of the dead leaves only. Don't, yes. don't yank them out either.
1: Yeah, prune at the bottom, I think. you mm-hmm. know. And what's so exciting is there's a lot more plants. One of my favourite, you know, is Spathyphyllum? Yes. So peace lily. the peace lily. But we, we've just been, for the last four or five years, we've just had the traditional, the small leafed peace yes. lilies. But now we're starting to get the sensation, the bigger leafed ones again. Oh, really? And there's a new one called Sebastian that's also come out with a in between our little peace lilies and the sensation. So the, actually, I think even the indoor plant growers have realized that there's so much scope for their plants there mm. that they keep in, they're growing more and more. And when you're talking about the millennials and in indoor plants, I had a wonderful customer on the weekend, and they were um, goths, I think you call them. Mm. They were only looking for plants that had black flowers or black leaves. or. Oh, you should have sent them to me. I know all of them. And I was like, <laughs> wow, I've never met a goth gardener before. <laughs> it was such a wonderful experience because... They were so passionate about but only black plants. I couldn't have recommended anything else. If it had a black leaf, I could have sold it to them. Yeah. But anything else they were not interested at all. And I think like the Laura Petalum, which is one of my favorites, yeah. it's got that dark purple leaf. Yes. So they actually quite like that. But then I think they were gonna yes, chop that off wonderful all the pink flowers. Yeah. Yes, the little want... ruby. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then also
0: the, the um Aeonium Schwarzkorb, also gets a black yes. flower, I mean black leaves on it, the succulent type. So black plants, I mean, they're they're very interesting. Uh, My my show garden that I did um, was a modern, formal garden, and Mm. we did it all with only lime and black.
1: Oh, beautiful.
0: And I think that those colors are still kind of quite relevant now, so we called it In the Limelight. I wanted to call it that old black magic, but nobody was like it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's fascinating because I didn't didn't like black plants, but often they fade away if they're Mm. in the shady areas and that sort of thing. And I have one friend who's very much... She likes everything white. Mm. And then she saw the back black pansies in the nursery and she bought them. I thought, that's really strange. But then she went and contrasted the black and the white pansies with a little... Bio. It was amazing. Yeah. She sent me photos. I like, wow, this is what gardening... You know, gardening is supposed to be personal. Yes. And so when she did that, I thought, oh, okay, I like that contrast and how it all works. Yeah, because people yeah, don't think the, really
0: of black in the garden. And they're always saying, oh, it's their mm. black rose. No, the blackest rose <laughs> is actually a very, very deep um, burgundy...
1: Yeah, black. But the, m- no, but it's still a reddish one. I was going to say, yeah, I'm it's still of red. Black, black Madonna or that yeah, type of they, thing. Yeah, but they are not they're actually red. black. So there's no, very no. few.
0: In the same way, there are very few true blue flowers. Yeah, I mean the. Plumbago, possibly some of the Agapanthus are quite blue these days instead of being mm. purple. But I mean, it's just like you can make things happen. We can yeah. have blue roses. All you need
1: to do is put them into a bowl of ink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> done that one before. <laughs> well, and you know, I think with hybrids, like the one plant that um, Life as a Gardener was recommending was the Tacoma mm-hmm. or the Cape Honeysuckle. Yeah. And there's a new variety out there now that's nice and small and compact. So it's an ideal for containers or ideal for small gardens. And it comes in all your five colors, your yellow, your orange, reds, Mm. you know, and it's still going to attract all your sunbirds. So it's still full of nectar because sometimes when you start hybridizing plants, they lose some of their original characteristics. Like the roses
0: lost their their sense sense. of smell. Not their sense of smell, (laughs) just their smell. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so it still has those characteristics which which would attract the bees and the uh, sunbirds and that type of thing. And I thought that's really quite cool that they've managed to maintain the true character of the plant Mm. but make it smaller. Because I remember for me when we had one in the garden, Flip, I was pruning it all the time. And that's one of the ones where it flowers on the end. So you almost feel that you it, it. And then it. Yes, and then it's going to flower. And you're like, no, what do I do now? Just leave um, it yeah. yeah. So it used to grow very tall and form a nice hedge. But that's it, the, the oranges are
0: looking so amazing in the gardens at the moment. Mm. I mean, with the aloes, of course, <gasps> this is amazing aloe season. I've been posting yeah. pictures of people have been putting from the little Karoo and from the Eastern Cape and even from Natal that people yeah. have been putting up their pictures of their aloes. And I do love the, the arborescence. for me are just divine. Yeah. I'm not big. A molothii fan, but when I go on my walks, the eyes are looking amazing. Yeah,
1: oh. I think it comes back to our bones because aloes are such good structural plants. Yeah, you know. So when you look in them at your garden, and so now it's a bonus that you see in the structure and focal of a plant, but then it's got this beautiful flower as well. And so often the sunbirds are eating the nectar for, or drinking using whatever it is, the nectar from the, <laughs> the plants. Getting some energy <laughs> from the plants. <laughs> yeah, that's go. it. <laughs> so, you know, and you, it, there's an aloe for every garden. Mm. So you've got the little hedgehogs, the peri that are down at the bottom and lower down. And then you've got the new, there's like, um, Charles is a good old-fashioned one, but yes. a nice bright, bold red color. You know, you've got, there's a new little one called Fireball. Um, last year they brought out the one called Ice Cream. So, I mean, there's just, variety of colors and then not only in the flowers but also in the foliage yes so you've got some of them with the the little stripes they look like zebras the striators they've got gray foliage different oh yeah no you could go wild on your aloes
0: they're so fantastic. I just, I mean, I, I could not imagine my life without them. I've now, from one aloe arborescence, I had to keep on cut, bring, <laughs> cutting bits off yeah. and sticking it out in the garden, in the front verge. Yeah. And they're just, I've got an entire thing of aloes now, just from one plant. Yeah. It's just, and that's what's so nice for them as well. When you we think about when people are learning to grow things, succulents are the easiest way to go because they just really kind of do their yeah. own thing and they propagate so easily as well.
1: And I think that's what, you know, when you're getting introduced to gardening, is actually probably a nice thing for succulents mm. is because they're plants for sharing. So as you say, they reproduce easily, so then you can give them to somebody else. I mean, we did, um, oh, I thought it was fascinating for me. It was for a baby shower, actually. And a lady came in and she says, you know, she's looking for 15 little succulents in glass um, jars. Mm. And I was like, what is it for? She says, no, it's for a baby shower. I thought, oh, that's so cool because it's all to do with reproduction and how easily they reproduce. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift that you'll keep forever and ever. So, um, yeah, I quite like the succulent idea and how it's for sharing and caring. Well, even my teenagers
0: have now decided, I mean, they got, um, as you were talking about earlier, the string of pearls. Yeah. Seeds, peas. Beads, yeah. Beads Beads and bananas. But they also got bananas. So she actually just went and found all the bottles that we had in the house Mm -hmm. and has taken pieces off of this. And she's now rooting them. In the water, Wonderful. in the bottles. So she's got this entire experiment going on on her oh, cupboard.
1: brilliant. And when you go back to aloes, you could do the same. Yep. So we have one customer, he always takes his aloes, puts them in the vase now during the winter. And then in the summer, he goes maybe six months later, even not even summer and winter, he goes and plants them in the garden, comes and gets some new ones. Mm. So, you know, aloes are very versatile that you could use them inside and outside. Obviously, they would prefer to be outside eventually. <laughs> they don't want to live in your vase in your house for a no, while, same poor things. <laughs> yeah. But they do work very nicely both ways, so that's an excellent idea..
0: Now the other thing of course which people have been growing a lot of indoors and doing in pots and stuff mm. all of your olive veggies, and I think with this lockdown and people suddenly oh, getting worried about food goodness. security, um, the amount of people saying, Hey, I want to grow something. Um, mm-hmm. how do I make food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, go in the kitchen and cook it. No, I mean it's, um, I literally I should listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carrie is, as long as it's covered in chocolate, I know yeah. you'd be happy. But um the amount of people who suddenly were like I want to grow my own things, and Mm. how do we do it? And we don't have space. But that's why, once again, the growers came to the party with bringing in plants that are growing smaller, which go into pots perfectly,
1: blueberries in pots. (gasps) Wonderful, wonderful plants. And, I mean, they're so nutritious. Mm. When the Life is a Garden was talking about your a uh, COVID first aid box type of thing. Blueberries was one of the second one on the list. Garlic came first. And then garlic, you know, you could go into your garden centers, buy the garlic bulbs, mm-hmm. or you can get go to an organic shop, buy the garlic bulbs from there, plant them very easily. You'll be so proud. I am eating, well, eating, drinking, ginger and turmeric now. Oh, well Which I also manage. The turmeric is from the garden that yeah. I um, planted the plant and I dig up the roots when they're big enough, which is quite exciting. The ginger I buy from the store. But um, so it is. There's such a wealth of different things you can get in your garden, like you say for the spinach. I think spinach Swiss chard, not one of my favorite. Why not? It's so good. It's so. so Do you know what you need to do to break the leaf off from the big white stem? And you cut it
0: out first (laughs) of all, and then what you do is you add a nice big teaspoon or tablespoon full of peanut butter.
1: Okay, that one I haven't tried, so I'm going to try that first. You will like that. But I was going to say, the spinach that I do enjoy is I'm using the – and I've always told the kids to use it, but I've never used it myself. So now I'm preaching to me that the spinach bright lights. Because I just think that golden yellow and the bright red that comes from the stem, I mean, that makes me want to eat it, even if it's not covered in chocolate. (laughs) So spinach is always a real bonus. The one that when we do community projects, which was fascinating for me because one of the communities we worked in in Dipslut, they had a huge problem with rats. Mm. And so we were planting all these veggies and then they were saying, we're going to need like fencing to plant into the garden down below so Mm -hmm. the rats don't come through. And I said, no, why don't we just try onions? Mm. And we used normal spring onions or we used um, Texas grano, either one of those. And they worked so nicely as um, companion repellent plants. that the community said, oh, this is fantastic. We get onions and the rats aren't eating all our vegetables anymore. So I must actually put that out that.
0: there because I mean, if you, could, I mean, I'll tell people to come and check on the website and have a look for that as well. Mm. But I've been following so many of these community feeding groups where they're actually going out and growing vegetables. You can buy vegetables from them. Mm. Okay, one of the big ones has been the Ubuntu Project with Tim Abba, who's from Orange Farm. Okay, and he's been every time somebody buys a box of veggies from yeah. him. He then goes and he takes a box to a needy family and teaches them how to grow. Oh, wonderful. So this whole thing started up again. And I mean, as I said, food gardens are becoming, it mm-hmm. isn't just now the preserve of the northern suburbs mommy who wants to have her own veggie <laughs> garden, which costs an absolute fortune. It's become a very real thing. Mm. So the companion planting side of it, and people are always saying, if I plant this here, what do I plant with it? What do I plant there next year? What, mm. Can I put tomatoes in Like No. yeah (laughs) why can't i put tomatoes in because you can't get them yeah and the people are like no but i'm growing them indoors and i said well you can put them outside but they're gonna die (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is the problem, I think, is um, because we're actually also getting a lot of media from overseas mm. that a lot of people are asking us for chilies now because it's also such a healthy plant to have, going to prevent all sorts of yeah. um, flu-like symptoms. But it's difficult to grow chilies at this time of the year, even if you are growing them indoors. Yeah. You know, you almost need a tunnel probably with a heating pad or something that's going to keep them alive. Um, and they're gonna mine's, grow- about, mine's about a, a foot tall
0: and it's still got lots of chilies on it but they're not going that red would now be from
1: spring They're I mean still from, from last from, from summer yeah yeah it's still going oh lucky you oh, my
0: pepperdew has just gone completely mad i've been bottling pepperdews like you can't believe and that's about um close on two meters tall really and it's been doing it for three years Wow! go figure i'm doing something right yeah mm. i
1: was gonna say because my basil was looking great until about 10 days ago yeah, but then it's, it just people like want to do basil i'm like
0: yeah, you can no. do basil, with little plants, maybe do microgreens and things, but you're not going to be able yes. to get a big plant going. That's just yeah. not going to happen.
1: Yeah, well, my life as a garden did actually suggest microgreens at this mm. time of the year. It's so nice to put on your windowsill if you are inside. You know, it, you can use your spinach seeds, you can use lettuce seeds, yeah. you can use it's all the beetroot leaves. And then as soon as it's, normally it's about 10 days from planting them, 10 days to two weeks, then you can start harvesting those little leaves. And then you can add them to your soups, your salads. If you're having salads in this cold weather crazy enough to do that, I don't know. <laughs> but soups you could add them to and garnishing and yeah, uh, they Beetle would be roots. full of nutrients. Oh beetroot,
0: definitely one of the things I would be growing right now because you can mm. eat the leaves in the same way you would the spinach bright lights. Yeah. Well, I mean swiss chard. And then of course you make yourself dragon's blood.
1: <laughs> do from you the add cayenne pepper to that?
0: No, I don't put cayenne pepper in it. Oh, okay. what, what I put with it is um, the dragon's blood is that with ginger and a little bit of apple juice.
1: Oh, yeah. That's quite nice.
0: <laughs> that is one of the healthiest things that you'll have going and you will
1: like it because it's sweet. Okay. I was going to say, I, I actually, I did think the other day, oh, I need to grow more beetroot because I do like beetroot. It's one of my free vegetables. Yeah. I mean, but but it's, it's, it's a double duty. Too. Yeah.
0: It's a lovely double duty plant and it doesn't take up that much space. Yeah, it's like there's also wonderful things that I've been seeing that people have been putting out These things you can make um, pesto from carrot tops.
1: Oh, I haven't heard leaves. of that one before. Yeah. Oh, very and nice. Because it, it
0: tastes like carrot. I mean, carrot tops taste like carrot. Go figure. Yeah. Nobody, nobody <laughs> gives, eats <laughs> the green stuff. So there's so many things that you can do and you can do most of these things in pots as well, which is great
1: yeah and i think it can involve the whole family Mm. because during this time when you're talking about food security we can see a lot of the kids are actually coming into the garden center now and they're the ones who are choosing vegetables over seeds you know over um i want to say ornamental plants yes and they're looking for even the ornamental value of the vegetable so they like the carrot tops because it's fluffy and creates a different texture or they'll like the fennel or dill and you can look at all those so you don't have to have a vegetable garden or a vegetable pot you can kind of mix them together with maybe some of your ornamental plants to create something that looks beautiful but you can eat it too and so I thought that was quite a nice bonus and kids are very creative
0: Well, all I can say is that if you want to know what you can grow in your area, wherever you are in South Africa, you can actually go onto the lifeisagarden.co.ca website. okay, And they've got everything there that you need to know, whether it's edibles, um, whether you're down at the coast, whether you are – I mean, there's so many wonderful things happening down at the coast as well when it comes to growing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Life is a Garden actually focuses a little bit on coastal gardening too. And they were saying, you know, now when we were speaking about pruning, you could start looking at your palms and pruning them back, Mm. taking off those dead leaves. Bougainvillea, you know, here up in Gauteng, we would have covered our Bougainvilleas and we don't see anything. Uh, Whereas down at the coast, it's actually a really nice time to start pruning your Bougainvillea. Mm. And I also there again, you actually do need to be quite harsh to get a good flush of blossoms, blooms in the um, spring. You know, And so later on in Gauteng, we would prune them, but down at the coast... Prune your bougainvillea so you get really nice growth. Yes. because Make otherwise a bush it's out just, of it. Otherwise it's all yes, scraggly. It, yeah. it just doesn't work. And, and it's also
0: a good time for people to be looking at maybe um, breaking off bits of frangipani and regrowing those.
1: Yes And the frangipani This last year Were beautiful Yes They just Oh and so fragrant And lovely that they've now Actually
0: started growing them That you can grow them In Johannesburg as well Mm, And I mean Everybody's been going crazy I'm surprised that Everybody hasn't been Inundated with I need a kapok tree (laughs) (laughs) This is that time of the year Where the kapok trees Are looking so beautiful With their pink Oh
1: dear I'm sure they're going to Come soon (laughs) Okay so that's it
0: We're going to get along to Life And um, of course If you have any uh, queries You can always get hold of us yes. and uh, say hey we need we need some advice and um if on facebook or on the website or wherever yeah. and um yeah. i'm sure carrie and myself
1: and my own little page as well yeah.
0: we'd be only too happy to help
1: carrie it's Thanks. so good to see you lovely to see you too it's good to be chatting keep growing and keep gardening keep gardening it's <laughs> yeah. one good
0: thing for your soul gets you out yeah. in the sun get that vitamin d Um, Mm. But what we're going to say is not only just stay grounded, but please stay safe, stay home, stay warm. We'll catch you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook.